0: Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt.
1: The sea of creative possibility is not necessarily a calm sea. In the Bible, it starts out in the beginning. The Spirit of God stirred over the waters. What if that meant... It started out with troubled waters. What if our planet is a planet of troubled waters and we are here to sail upon it? We didn't come here to just float on a calm sea. What if we are each the bridge over troubled waters for one another? What if the only way we get through is to be the bridge and to allow others to be our bridge? What if that's the way God bridges the troubled waters for us? I know you've heard that old story about the guy that goes and sits up on his roof because the floods are coming and... And somebody comes by in a boat and he doesn't take it because God's going to save him. And somebody comes by in a helicopter and tries to get him to get in the helicopter. And he says, no, God's going to save me. And he stays up on his roof until the flood gets high enough and he drowns. And then there he is up in front of God and the pearly gates. And he says, I'm not supposed to be here. You were supposed to save me. And God says, well, I sent a boat and a helicopter. What did you want? So... I know you've heard that one before, but what if the very saving that we are looking for is right in front of us? The bridge is right in front of it. It is the person right in front of you. What if together we all make that bridge and nobody is expendable? What if we knew that? What if the people that look different or act different? What if they are all building blocks in this bridge that we have to create together? What if we cannot afford to hate anybody? It's easy enough to look at the particular person who did a particular thing and say that was wrong. And yes, it was wrong. It's easy enough to be outraged. We all feel that. But what about the outrage in our own hearts? What about the hate that we carry for people who are behaving differently than us? What is that doing to our ability to sail on the sea of creative possibility? We have to take this seriously because we are not here to hate one another. We are here to love one another and to create. We are creators and this is what we have to do. We must sail on the sea of creative possibility. So how do we do that? One of the first things we have to do is figure out who's sailing. I had the experience this last week of having a visioning session with Reverend Jill who does the most amazing work with opening up to divine inspiration and just letting it come through. And the way it works is she will just ask Questions or maybe make a statement, and I'm supposed to write it down or write down the answer. And we go through this, and it's a lovely process. And we get to almost the end, and she asks me, do I have a question for God that we haven't covered yet? And so I think, and yes, yes, I do. And I, I ask, what is it that, that I don't know, that I need to know, that keeps me awake at night? What is that? And so she says, just take a deep breath with me. And I take that deep breath, and she says, and write the answer. And I think, damn, I knew you were going to ask me to do that. I didn't want to have to be the one that answered that question. I wanted an answer from somebody else. Mm-hmm. But no, she reminds me of what I know to be true, that the answers are within that there is no God that's out there, that it's within. And what answer do I get? It's like, yeah, you want a power from without to tell you all this, but the answer is within. You know this. You want someone else to take the helm. And that keeps you awake at night. What we need to know is that it's not the small me at the helm. It's not my ego at the helm. The one that thinks she knows all the answers and is more than happy to share them. It is the light that I am, the light that radiates out from me, that is at the helm. The light that I am is the helm. The light that I am is the ship, the light that I am is the sea of creativity and possibility. And that's not just me. That is true for you. It's the only truth. When we say we are all one, that's, that's a hard idea to wrap ourselves around because we look around and we see so many but our experience is one our experience is the same there's nothing that we can see outside of us that we have not known inside of us we may not be connected to it but it's there and if we listen to our hearts we will find it we can only embark on this sea of possibility if we know we are the one who stands at the helm, and not the small we, but the great we. We are more powerful than we can ever know. I was talking to a good friend of mine this week, and she told me a story I hadn't heard before. I knew she had had this terrible accident that had left her in the hospital for a long time. She was in a coma for 25 days. But I didn't know the part that had come just before that. She was in the car, her boyfriend was driving, and she had said, I just want to be wise. And she staked a claim. She had studied with an indigenous elder for two years, and she had learned the power of prayer. She had learned that when you stake a claim, you can make it happen. But she forgot there was this little part that came after, in a good way. She forgot to say that. She was so impatient, she just wanted to be wise so much that she forgot to say, I want to be wise in a good way. And it was within minutes that they had this major accident. She was airlifted to OHSU, and she was in an induced coma for 25 days. But when she came out of it, there was again a long period before she was what anybody would call well, and nobody thought that she would survive. But people would come into the room and they would feel there was something different here. They could feel the holiness. There was an Iranian um, intern that came in and he was ready to make his chart notes and just ask some basic questions, and he looked up at her and he dropped his chart, and he said, you are a saint. You are a saint. And she took the clipboard and she wrote in illegible writing, I am a saint. There was something going on. She had tapped into the power of wisdom that exists for all of us. And everybody on the staff could feel it. And as I was talking with her this week, she was realizing that the things that are happening in her life or not happening that she's upset about, that she's forgotten. She's forgotten that she can connect to that. And she's remembering in a good way, (laughs) needs to be part of the formula. We are more powerful than we know. I know that there are some of you, and I I felt it too, that just want to say, stop the world, I want to get off. It just feels too hard right now. We want to rail and say, this is not what I signed up for. Except in our hearts, we know it is, it is exactly what we signed up for. Perhaps we didn't read the fine print about what it would feel like. Maybe we weren't capable as beings who incarnated of knowing what it's like to have a human heart and feel what we will feel. I I don't know how all that works, but I know that we signed up for this. I know it is important for us to be here. I think to myself often of the role that I happen to be in right now, feeling like I am leading this organization, and I just want to just shove it all away and go sit in the corner and color or do something, and I can't. And I know that you're feeling the same way too, at least on some days. Other days, I feel honored. I feel so blessed that I get to be here and do this. But it's not, it's not smooth sailing. I don't feel that every day, because those seas are really choppy right now. And so if that's what you're feeling, please know you are not alone. Others are feeling the same. And we just have to hold each other. We have to hold each other so tight. We don't have the luxury of indulging in hate. And it's a phony luxury anyway. We must be love. The Buddhist teachings, there are three tenets. I have a client who is a practicing Buddhist. And he has been dealing, really, for a lifetime with so much outrage. And he, his work in the world involves defending people who are dealing with injustice. So he's right in the middle of it all the time. But the tenets are to first recognize I know nothing. Second, to just bear witness to the suffering. And third, to offer compassionate actions. These are very wise tenets. And so as we worked together, I invited him to take all these things that he was outraged about and just say, hmm, yeah, I don't know. Try that right now with whatever it is that you're feeling outraged for right now. Just hold it, hold it and say, hmm, I don't know. We can take the what-if thinking and put it on top of that and say, well, what if this is what's necessary to take us someplace so wonderful? What if it is? Would I be willing to bear this if it is? Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. And we bear witness to the suffering that so many people are suffering right now. And we are suffering, and we bear witness. And there is peace that comes in that. When we let go of the outrage, when we let go of needing to know what is right and what we need to do, and we just say, I don't know, but I see you. Like an avatar, I see you. And then we listen to our hearts and ideas for compassion. Compassionate action will flow from there. And we act upon it. There will be difficult things as we set to embark on that sea of creative possibility and we're so excited that we get to go out and create and anything is possible, but there's also this thought that there might be some dragons out there, sea serpents. What are we gonna find? Oh no, thunderstorms and choppy seas. There's a, a woman who is the youth coordinator or youth educator for um, a large evangelical church. And she has a little girl, five years old, who announced to her one day, I'm an atheist, and as someone who is charged with teaching all these children about God and prayer and things like that, she was horrified. And so she talked with her child and found out that in Sunday school the little girl was learning that you, when you pray you just decide what you want and you put that out to God and then God grants that prayer. And So the little girl thought, okay, that seems pretty simple, right? So that's what she did. She prayed to God to show her a dragon. And God did not deliver, she did not get her dragon. So she was very upset and she realized this must mean that there is no God. And so now she's an atheist. What she didn't realize, of course, is that. The dragon is not something physical. A dragon is a metaphysical reality. It represents a fearsome creature who is filled with courage. We are the dragons that are out in those seas. It represents our courage our ability to breathe fire and passion and put out into the world the things that must be put there, even when we feel small. So this week, as we begin a season of creative possibility, Let's start by remembering who we are. Let's start by being grateful for who we came here to be. Let's set out on the sea of creative possibility, heading into the mystical waters, the unknown. We have no idea who we may yet be. All we can know is that we are love and we can never be anything else and love creates a world of beauty so we set out now into the mystic to discover that namaste
0: when you're weary feeling small when tears are in your eyes I'll dry will I- comfort you. shine all your dreams are on their way